0: Okay, so when the three of us sat down to record our pilot episode, we had so much stuff to talk about that it ended up turning into a two-parter. So just like any good new prestige TV show with either a super long first episode or the sort of like two-episode drop at the same time to get your interest peaked, obviously our amazing new podcast about well cheese and weather we had to be on that same level so without further ado here's the second half of our conversation episode two all right is it it time is it time for cheese talk
1: (laughs) we should at least explain the title of the podcast i mean i don't think we ever said how this podcast came to be like what what is going on
0: Susanna goes on and on about how good the cheese is. You can, no, just kidding. Um, so basically, <laughs> uh, Susanna and I, uh, when uh, we were both together at Titan, we co-hosted uh, Titan's podcast 20% time. Uh, and because we are uh, want to do some sort of small talk, as you can tell by this podcast, which is 100% small talk. Um, before, we would sort of check in and be like, how's the weather going? Just as a fun way to sort of chat. Uh, the last episode we recorded, actually, we had Ben on and uh, i like to
2: think that i actually killed that podcast which i'm sorry to say because i'm a fan of it but yeah i come yeah. on and then it evaporated yeah what happened man? uh
0: the bar was set too high ben is what happened hmm. um but um but ben's on and uh bet you know we're doing the chit chat before we really dive into what we want to talk about ben is from the great the, the great state of of wisconsin which is locked into some sort of Midwest versus West Coast feud with California for the state that wants to think of itself as like, yeah, this is where the good cows are. This is where the yeah. good dairy is made. This is where the good cheese is made. And uh, we were talking about cheese. We talked about the wonderful uh, del- delicacy known as cheese curds. Susanna was stumped, and thus Cheese and Weather was born.
1: Yeah, turns out people love talking it, about yeah.
2: cheese. Like that, like no one really wanted to talk about what I had to say on the podcast (laughs) or what you had to say or what Zuzana had (laughs) to say. They just wanted to share their weird regional cheese. Yeah. Because apparently, you know, it's a universal thing. Everyone loves cheese. Everyone loves talking about the weather. Here we are. Yeah.
0: So yesterday uh, was National Pizza Day, which is a big deal in Connecticut, which is home to the greatest pizza in the world. Uh, I will be accepting no arguments.
1: What?
2: Um, I've never heard of Connecticut and pizza together. Which no. I'm not seeing that as shade, but now you have to explain what's going sure. on with Connecticut and pizza.
0: Uh, yeah, so th- there's in general there's the pizza belt, which is sort of the stretch of, the, of the, the northeast. Pizza belt. The
1: pizza belt. Pizza belt. Yeah. Which this is, is just generally- a bunch
2: of words I've never heard before. <laughs> what is that? I
1: heard of a green belt. I heard of a Bible belt. I have That's not right. heard of a pizza belt. Well, now you're. The-
0: <laughs> so the pizza belt sort of unofficially runs roughly from like I don't know, kind of like Italy. The-
1: Right. No, no.
0: Italy doesn't know what they're doing <laughs> with pizza um, going <laughs> the from pizza uh, <laughs> belt
2: unofficially runs from
0: sort of from, I would say, from New Jersey up through uh, like the Rhode Island, like Boston area, that whole part of the country, mainly Connecticut, uh, New York, New Jersey. Generally speaking, you like the floor for like quality of pizza at, your, at any random pizza place is disturbingly high like every town has at least one or two places where you're like oh, this pizza is like really good. And there's all kinds of like different regional variations. Connecticut is most known for New Haven style pizza, which is a thin Neapolitan style crust, coal-fired. Um, it is Did you say
2: coal? Coal-fired? coal-fired. Yes. Um like charcoal or yep, like coal-fired. coal fired you dig Okay. Well, no coal. I I mean, no, like, well,
0: no coal. Like <laughs> coal. coal yeah Coal. Coal. <laughs> coal-fired uh C-O, Like I, uh, a
2: coal-fired power plant. That's yep. what it's, I was imagining. A, like, wow, that's a very distinctive style of pizza.
0: It is coal-fired uh, uh, pizza ovens. Uh, I would yeah.
2: actually argue that any pizza. Yeah. Let's imagine like a make-at-home frozen pizza. Sure. Any pizza that is is heated yeah. in an electric oven, yeah. you have a pretty good chance of it being a coal-fired. Oh, that's interesting. Very yeah. indirectly, but just it a very little that's romantic a romantic aside. Yeah, very, so back to okay. your New Haven.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, New Haven style pizza. Um, there are sort of three legendary p- places in New Haven for pizza. If you sort of look up any list of like greatest pizza places on, let me in the U.S., quick. these three will inevitably be either at the top of the list or in the top ten. Uh, there is Pepe's, Sally's, and Modern. Pepe's. Oh, is, yeah, I can
1: hear it. See, Frank Pepe Pizzeria. Yep. Also, it's known locally known as A Pizza. A pizza. Uh, a beats. Is, that's uh, how you say it? Well, that's,
0: yeah. I mean, in the in the sort of Italian accent of the original immigrants who founded Frank Pepe's, it's a beats is how they pronounced it. But yeah, we, you could just say pizza. Um, I love that I'm giving a Connecticut pizza lesson on the show. Mm. This is why I have this. This is why I have the show.
2: <laughs> You're already thinking about renaming the show. Now <laughs> we have a new, like. So I found a best pizza in the yeah. US. I just clicked the first sure. result. Sure. And the number one yeah. pizza on the list. Is out of Phoenix, Arizona. Is Phoenix, Arizona, part of the Pizza Belt?
0: I'm not even sure why people live in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> um Have you been there?
2: I have been there. It's I l- feel the same way.
0: It's like someone said, "Sure, this place feels like the surface of the sun, but we have air conditioners, mm-hmm. so let's do it." I don't At least understand. there's not water here. Let's there's just no water. Find a
2: way to get water
0: in. It's incredibly hot, and I can't believe that anybody thinks that Phoenix could possibly. No, sorry, all of our the listeners for our budding podcast i've I'm, i've already i'm already disparaging the the entire phoenix metropolitan area um no disrespect you all know it's very hot yes i know it's a dry heat you do not have to tell me um i still live in california where it is also a dry heat um
2: <laughs> how far down the list yeah uh zuzana i'm gonna ask you this question how far like if you're listing best pizza cities in the world mm. and you just you're counting them one two three four you Like, you start, I don't know who you put in number one, but we're talking like New York. We're talking about some Italian city that you want to pull out here. And then how long is that list before you make it to Phoenix, Arizona? Is that like 700 on the list?
1: I don't think Phoenix, Arizona would ever make it to the list. But I have to say, (laughs) I'm not a pizza person. I mean, I'm the person that puts pineapple on pizza. You know, I think pineapple is very controversial. Hmm. When you think of pizza, I don't think of the US to be honest. Like I don't know, pizza is Italian thing, right? I know you Americans like to say things originated over there, you know. It's true. I don't want to be too controversial, <laughs> <laughs> but, but for me, pizza is Italian thing. And yeah, that I don't have a list to be honest. I'm not a mm. pizza person, so right. I th- I should say I don't have a list. I wouldn't have a list first of all. That's sure. that's that's one thing. And if I did have and a list, second of all.
2: You Americans. <laughs> you Americans. You Americans. you? <laughs> you Americans.
1: <laughs> so I'm now. not what sure where I would put it.
2: It just did not seem like I do not think of pizza when I think of Phoenix. Uh, oh. I mean, Mexican food, that's about where my list of cuisines starts and ends with Phoenix. But maybe, <clears throat> maybe I, gotta, I need to expand my horizons.
0: I got to convince Taylor to have a Laricon somewhere in connecticut so we could just take everybody to pepe's have the white clam pizza um
1: white clam pizza white clam yeah i want to go to the u.s and eat all the like i i wish there was a place that will serve me a dish from everywhere in the u.s like typical Mm. dish from everywhere instead of going to these places i just want to be in one place and taste everything i know it's not possible
0: well i don't know i feel i don't know new york has like (laughs) one of everything but including like Almost, I, f- I feel like you could actually probably get almost any kind. Not almost any. I feel like you can get most kinds of sort of renowned international cuisines somewhere in the New York City metropolitan area as well. But, but
1: not international American. I know. Cuisines.
0: I know. That's that's a weird thing, right? Yeah. Like, you know, can you get a good potato chip hot dish in New York City? I'm guessing now, right?
1: because yeah. the things I hear and read really about what you eat, yeah. like this clam, white clam pizza, white clam yeah. pizza. I mean, Dave, where is Sounds weird, but I want to try it.
2: Where's the potato chip hot dish belt in the United States?
0: I think you might be close to the buckle of that belt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're more like tater tot hot dish. Sure. Okay. But I think it's kind of a similar family. I think of it is.
1: For sure. Of comfort food. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Zuzanna, what's the pizza situation in the UK like?
1: I mean, we've got pizza hot. Fantastic. I don't
0: know. I, I was going to say, the one time I've been to the UK, now it's been... My God, it's been nineteen years since I was in the u k so I desperately need to go back but let's just say you know, and granted, I went when I was twenty turning twenty one years old, so I was trying to do a lot of like uh pub specials where you get like fish and chips with a drink for like you know uh, a certain as amount of little money
2: as possible little money as possible
0: but in general I don't know i didn't really didn't really strike me as like a culinary capital uh so no, to speak
1: no I think it it makes sense when people ask what's the traditional British dish and they'll say curry that's mm. not even British but you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have fantastic I, I'm gonna Indian upset drink, so right? many people now I'm gonna upset so many people I just don't <laughs> think the English cuisine I don't know what it is to be honest like what is English cuisine like I don't know what is traditional English or British Scottish I don't I, I don't I know. think it's
2: beans I was that's gonna ask point. if beans are involved
1: <laughs> possibly beans on toast <laughs> oh that's good yeah I don't know.
2: We're just creating caricatures of the whole world on this podcast. This is great. Please, I just have this to how you, this is how say you disclaimer.
1: Listeners. Don't listen to me. And my opinions of England on the UK in general comes from a foreigner's perspective. So I'm not like really. I don't know what I'm saying. Let's I mean, what just about, leave it at that. I what just about just don't fish? Know what I'm i mean, saying. Fish
0: and chips is kind of like a very iconic UK dish, right?
1: But is that a dish? It's just a fried fish with potatoes. It's not <laughs> art like i don't <laughs> not know not like pizza hut in not like pizza. <laughs> pizza no hut, white clam pizza i'll tell you that much i don't know it just feels to me if something should be traditional yeah. of the country sound like a staple dish you should put an effort into it i don't see people putting an effort into fish and chips because what about like a pudding
0: like, i feel like there are a lot of puddings over there right bread pudding
1: mm, um shepherd's pie putting... <laughs>
0: that's kind of british that's right?
1: not a pudding though no i'm just thinking <laughs> of like <laughs> just because it's called pie that's <laughs> the shepherd's pie, i suppose no yeah shepherd's pie and there's the other one uh oh, one is with beef one is with lamb i don't know which one's which shepherd's pie and i don't know you should have asked me these questions so i could have prepared but no <laughs> It's also called cottage, cottage pie. pie. Cottage pie. Yeah, okay. I've never
0: had cottage pie, I don't think. What's the
1: difference? I believe it's the meat, whether you use okay. uh, min- minced lamb or minced beef.
0: Now I want shepherd's I pie for dinner.
1: Yeah. And then there's this British, well, the Cornish from Cornwall controversy, whether you, when you've got, a, you know, what is it called now? When you put jam and cream, scones with jam and cream, do you put the jam first or the cream first? Hold on.
0: When we say cream, you mean butter?
1: Clotted, clotted cream. Clotted cream
0: with jam. Yeah. On a scone. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's classic scone with a jam and clotted cream, and there's difference whether you first put the jam and then the cream, or whether you put the cream and then the jam. Um, what do you put? Yeah, do you put jam or clotted cream on the scone first? But it depends. I think in Cornwall they say one thing, and in Devon, oh yeah, there you go. So the cor- Cornwall way. In Cornwall, you first put the jam and then the cream, but in Devon, you first put the cream and then the jam.
0: I see you're on the same Wikipedia page that I am, which is cream tea, (laughs) which scared me because I was like, dear Lord, they're putting clotted cream in the tea. But no, that just means like a tea, like an afternoon tea.
1: Oh, tea. I have to tell you a story. When I came to the UK as an au pair... Long time ago, I had no English. I came with zero English. In fact, I was so bad at languages at school that we had a choice when I was doing like equivalent to like a high school graduation. I had to choose between a language or maths. And I chose maths because I just couldn't deal with languages. I had no talent. I couldn't speak English. And then I decided to come to England with no English. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway, the first few months were interesting (laughs) because I like honestly, I couldn't understand written or spoken. I couldn't understand anything. And I was looking after these uh, two kids, and the girl was six, seven at the time, and she arranged a play date after school with a family friend. I said, "Okay, I'll just go with her," and I took her to that house. And the the mum of the of her friend she asked me, "Would you like to stay for tea?" I was like. Yeah, I'll have a tea and then I'll go home. Like, I don't want to sit there, and watch two seven year olds playing. So I said, yes. And then I waited and waited and waited. And the tea just never came. But I didn't understand that she meant we try like to stay for tea, like the, f- the f- meal they serve kids around five o'clock. So I stood there for two hours waiting for my tea, the drink <laughs> that never came. And then she came to me with a plate, which I believe it was fish fingers and something and like, but well, where is the tea? I want the tea. So that was my misunderstanding. What is a tea as a drink and tea as a meal that is served around five o'clock for the kids?
2: I did yeah. not know that. Thank you, Susanna.
1: You're welcome. There were many, many times when I completely misunderstood, especially talking to people and you don't want to appear stupid. So you just keep nodding as if you understand what they're saying. And they ask you a question and you say yes. And then they say, Really? And you're like oh, what did I just agree to? And then you say no, <laughs> and then you try to just walk away because you have no idea what you just agreed with. Yeah,
2: that story kind of blows my mind. Like the idea of being in your shoes as the au pair coming in, not knowing English, or being in the family's shoes and hiring someone who doesn't speak English.
1: That's wild. It is, and actually, again, another story. <laughs> I came one day. And the very, I think the second or the third day, so very very early on. So the mum she showed me the way to the school, and it was in the next village. So we drove the car, but I, w- I was taking notes. You know, I knew wh- how to get there. And then she took me back home. And then in the afternoon, three o'clock, I was supposed to walk back to pick up the girl. And I walked there. I found it okay. Picked up the girl. And then <laughs> the girl thought I didn't know the way back, but I knew the way back. But I just didn't know how to tell her. Hmm. I thought she was taking me somewhere to show me something no no no. she didn't know how to go home how to get home so we were walking around this other village where the school was mindlessly I was like I, I couldn't tell her I know how to get home I thought she was taking me to see a place or a friend so we were just walking walking eventually she spotted somebody she knew an adult and that woman then she drove us back yeah she drove us back to where we lived. And the mom of the of the girl, she was already home at that point. So it was must have been like five o'clock. So we were m- missing for two hours. And remember back then, we didn't have mobiles. Like I didn't have <laughs> a phone on me. And all the time I knew how to get back. I just didn't know how to tell her. And that poor girl, she thought we were lost. She thought I didn't know how to get home. So she was just, we were walking together through this village. So that was, I thought how could they hire somebody that couldn't speak? In, and they knew, I didn't lie. Like I, you know, they knew right. I couldn't speak in English. So I eventually, like two years later, when I finally quit speaking English, I told them what happened. <laughs> I told them, like, I knew how finally to get back. I promise you, I knew. <laughs> yeah, But I just didn't know how to tell her. Like, I didn't know because she held my hand and she took me with her the little girl. So I thought she was going to show me something. I had no idea. She didn't know how to get back. So, yeah, I I would never do that. And I, I mean, I understand some people just don't have a choice. They need somebody quickly and I was available. So I came. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. I learned Just, English pretty quick after that.
2: <laughs> out of necessity. Yeah. So speaking of small English villages, mm-hmm. I added uh, Hartford, Connecticut. And Dave, yeah. I realized maybe I should put New Haven, Connecticut. Okay. Um, Common error. And Cambridge on my weather app. Just, yeah. you know, for some Keep, baseline yeah. awareness of what's going on in your lives. And um, then I saw yeah. there's a Cambridgeshire or Cambridgeshire. Cambridgeshire. What is Cambridgeshire? Is this like a little satellite to Cambridge? Is it totally unrelated?
1: It's a county. Cambridgeshire. So you don't say Shire, you say Shire, Cambridgeshire. And it's a county. So Cambridge is a is a town or city in Cambridgeshire. But so are other cities. So what do you have equivalent to in the US?
0: We have counties. We have
1: yeah. Yeah so it's the same thing, yeah.
2: It's just a little different. Typically you wouldn't like report on the weather of a county for some reason. You'd only report on like the cities or Mm. communities inside of it.
1: Okay. I think they can report under the, like a bigger cities. Mm-hmm. They don't always report on Cambridge. I mean, unless you're watching Cambridge News. When you look at like a uh, BBC News, they uh, mm-hmm. they they will say London. They won't talk about Cambridge because London is like Cambridge is not far from London.
2: Sure. Well, this is peak yeah. podcast content. Ben <laughs> learns a tiny little bit about counties in England
1: <laughs> and cream teas and cream teas.
2: Yeah, and the pizza belt. I've the actually learned belt. a lot in this podcast. This is great. <laughs> I don't, I had to Google clotted cream to figure out how that was different. Looks interesting. It's Looks kind of
0: like butter. Yeah,
2: but it, it's, it's apparently it's nuttier. Not. Oh.
1: It's a very, so do you have like a double cream in the US? Like a really yeah, thick. Once
2: is enough. Don't...
1: <laughs> Single is enough. It's a double cream, cream, but it's so thick oh, that it's, it's... almost spread. Well, you can spread Whoa. it pretty much. Whoa. It
0: is huh. 48% fat. It's very creamy yeah
2: <laughs> what percentage is butter like 80 percent
0: oh double cream is just heavy cream in the us
1: okay like heavy
2: whipping oh, cream go. yeah heavy whipping cream that's right yeah. okay yeah so, so that's clotted, what we'd use to make yeah. like whipped cream or some thicker sauces yeah. that kind of thing
1: but clotted cream you don't you just I don't think you use it for cooking you i I can only think of using it on the scones I don't know what else would people do with it because it's so thick and creamy oh you you put it on puddings like if you have some Cake or something you can yeah. have that with.
0: Now I feel like I want to go to a store that sells items from different countries and see what this clotted cream
2: is all about.
1: It's nice. It's very rich. Yeah. Very creamy. You don't need to eat a lot of it. I don't even know it what I would to put it. Covers on. your mouth and. Like, you
2: put it on a scone, Dave. Do
1: you think <laughs> before jam or the jam, jam first? Though. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to put the jam first. the
2: Jam, jam first. first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I, we have the canonical preparation. Thank I, you, I, Susanna.
0: I live in the home of, of Dunkin' Donuts in every corner. I don't. I don't have scones in this in this house. <laughs> uh,
2: What's I'm your feeling about Dunkin' Dave? Dave? Are you a big Dunkin' stand or No, because no,
0: I, I I drink tea, not coffee. And um, like most like most places that will sell you tea, their answer is, "Well, we're going to boil the hell out of this." Yeah. Uh, it's the water is going to be way too hot, and then we're going to give you two bags of tea. So it's by the time that you actually get it in your hands, it is now oversteeped and bitter. And now Mm -hmm. you're forced to add milk or some sort of sweetener or whatever else. And that's not really how I want to, you know, Starbucks is definitely the worst. They have figured out how to to get water hotter than 212 degrees (laughs) Fahrenheit, which I'm impressed by. (laughs) I've never once ordered tea at Starbucks and not immediately had to like pop the lid open and take the bags of tea out and throw them in the trash because it's already oversteep. Like there's no, there's no going back. And then I have to like walk around with the lid off awkwardly mm-hmm. while it like cools down for human consumption. It's almost as though no one there has ever made tea, but, um, <laughs> yeah, no, not, a, not, not, not a big Duncan guy. It's fine. You know, it's fine. They're everywhere. So they're reliable, but you
2: know, you know what you're getting,
0: you know what you're getting. I'm um, yeah, I mean, I used to, so I, uh, go see a lot of hockey games uh local place where i see hockey they used to have two starbucks inside which is great i'm sorry two Dunkin' donuts inside
2: which is great like in the arena yeah of course two duncans uh, not yeah, one, one for two duncans opp- in you the- know
0: opposite sides um so i could go in and i could get you know i could get i could get some herbal i could get some green tea and just like a, I, a big giant oversized green tea and just sit there and and drink my tea in peace while watching the hockey game
2: <laughs> so we're talking about the yukon arena right
0: uh yeah we're talking about the excel center which is in hartford connecticut um, okay. They have they have recently built a uh, a new on campus arena for the hockey team, which is nice. Um, but for a long time, I've been going to the Excel Center, h- former home of the Hartford Whalers, which was the NHL uh, team here in Hartford until the nineties.
2: I was just trying to get a sense of how large this arena is. If it was like a, I wasn't picturing a professional arena. Oh, I was it's picturing more like Mariucci College Hockey Arena.
0: No, no, it seats this like sixteen thousand uh fourteen um, yeah. seven
2: for ice hockey. Yep, that's about Or sixteen thousand for concerts. Yep. Okay. So two Duncans two in Duncans. a proper arena. Sure. That makes sense. Sure, okay.
0: Sure. Yeah. You can you can never have you can never have enough Duncans.
2: <laughs> so I went down a little Wikipedia hole yeah. to prepare for having a proper podcast with the two of you. Yeah. And I found out about uh Pirates and Mayors. Zuzana, do you know what Pirates and Mayors is?
1: I know what these two words mean. I don't know what they <laughs> like mean pizza together. And belt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, what what does it mean?
2: Well, I was reading the Czech Republic Wikipedia page, like just oh, basic no. level of research. <laughs> and apparently it's a coalition political party. So there's the oh, Czech yeah. Pirate Party. And oh, then yeah. there's a mayor's party. But there's a like there's a significant chunk of the Czech Republic government that's controlled by the pirates and mayors, which I love.
1: <laughs> don't ask about politics i have no idea what's going on there i know they just had the election so they elected their new president but beyond that i know nothing i do know but now, i just now know you about the names,
2: and yeah. i'm already rooting for them i <laughs> i have joined that tribe of chuck politics
1: oh wow
2: and dave i also found out that hartford yeah. again wrong wrong connecticut city but you're in no the no Mexico, I, right? I live
0: closest to hartford i live 12 minutes from hartford so it's fine
2: okay the insurance capital of the world. It is. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. What a distinction. What an honor.
0: <laughs> uh, in the Up until the early 1900s, it was like the richest uh, city in the U.S.
2: Yeah. Let's not ask too many questions about how they got rich. Agree?
0: Sure. I think that's about right. <laughs> you don't want to know. You really don't want to ask questions about how most places in the United States got rich or wealthy. It's probably that's probably
2: kind of a universal human thing.
0: Yeah, that's fair like how did you get there well (laughs) and why aren't you rich anymore oh you don't want to hear that story either
2: (laughs) (laughs) that might be more interesting a little more morally defensible than Mm. how you got rich in the first place
0: yeah yeah no it's uh don't you know the longer this podcast goes on the more i become a threat to talk about what uh post-war urbanism and the interstate highway system did to connecticut and then you all are just going to fall asleep while i mm. get on a soapbox and talk for 20 minutes
2: i like that your soapbox is about connecticut specifically <laughs>
0: i mean the sad thing is it applies to like much of so many cities Both in the cities. u.s yeah for sure there's like a weird you know there turns out there's a reason why they ran an interstate highway right through the center of new orleans and it mm-hmm. wasn't because they liked new orleans <laughs>
2: Because they thought it was the right transit decision.
0: No, they weren't. They weren't making responsible transit decisions. Speaking of Ben, I hear O'Clair. They're. I'm hearing whispers. They, they're trying to get actual train service to O'Clair, Wisconsin. Is that true?
2: That's what your Wikipedia deep dive. No, in Eau that's what gave? the. That's
0: what my. That's what my 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 transit uh, Twitter lists tell me.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So. <clears throat> Zuzana, you know, America has maybe the best passenger rail infrastructure (laughs) in the world, but we're thinking it can (laughs) get slightly (laughs) slightly better. And uh, yeah, yeah. so the location of my city, it's a city of about uh, 90,000 people. And we're about an hour and a half from the nearest major city, Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, So most of the, like, if you want to go somewhere, you're probably going to go to Minneapolis and fly out there. Uh, We don't have any passenger rail connections to any place. Um, Either the most logical place to go would be Chicago or Minneapolis, St. Paul. And they're talking about actually starting passenger service. I would love, I love the idea of passenger rail in general. Sure. like I think we need a lot more of it. I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. I cannot figure out how I would use that passenger rail service personally from my door to Minneapolis. So I really want to be a fan of it, but I don't think it's going to work out. And I might as well talk about why, because why not? This is a small talk podcast. (laughs) So I would be interested for environmental reasons to avoid driving my personal car an hour and a half away if I could take a train instead. But most of my trips, I have my whole family in the vehicle as well. So that takes a like per person carbon impact and Mm -hmm. drops it significantly. I occasionally drive... Um, like if I'm flying somewhere, it'll just be me in the car. So that's the worst environmental impact. Um, but the, the scheduling will not be particularly reliable. So like I, the way I like to fly the idea of leaving my arrival time at the hands of a freight train that's interrupting this Mm. passenger service is, Mm -hmm. I, I just won't work for me. Yeah. So So that idea of like, oh, I can take the train to the airport, that doesn't work. The other issue is they're going to run it uh, so that it terminates at Union Station in St. Paul. And I don't know if you've heard of Minneapolis-St. Paul being called the Twin Cities. It's like two metro areas connected on either sides of the Mississippi River that basically function as one major metro area. But St. Paul is probably not where you want to go. You probably want to go somewhere in (laughs) Minneapolis. Or like the airport isn't in St. Paul. It's south of the cities by Bloomington. Uh, So getting to the airport then means you take a train and then some kind of other public transit from the train station to the airport or to get from St. Paul to Minneapolis to go to a concert or a Twins game or whatever. So it wouldn't help me out that direction Hmm. either. So I just can't figure out the use for that particular passenger rail for me. If I had a job in St. Paul... I would absolutely want to commute on the train, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think I'm going to be working from home. And um I'm just struggling to come up with it. But I love that what? you actually get transit news about my city.
0: <laughs> yeah. What so I'm looking right now. So I'm trying to understand this. Um so the tr- the major train station in St. Paul, if you want to take transit to the airport, you have you 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 have to uh, it appears if i'm if I'm looking at my my map correctly you have to come in you have to basically walk outside we well, have to you have to walk a little bit you have to go to a whole different part which is fine and then you have to catch a, a train to let's see uh, ironically the stadium which is the closest place that you can then change to another train to go in the other direction to the airport um sounds like they might have some some things to work out in terms of yeah. thinking about this. Yeah. It's
2: got to be wired up on the other end for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't get it like given how large the USA is, yeah. surely having much better rail network would be beneficial to everyone. Like why mm-hmm. isn't that a thing?
2: We have a really good Oh, I see Dave winding up. I got to No, get no, go for it. For it. Were you, you going to talk down. about how
0: robust our our freight our freight rail uh network yes. was?
2: <laughs> yes, I was, Dave. Yeah. It so we true. have a really good Dave or we have a really good freight network, um, yeah. but we prioritize uh, freight over passenger service. And so like if I take, I can get on an Amtrak if I drive like an hour away to the closest Amtrak station, I could take that to Chicago, but it will be behind every freight train that needs to use the track. They get the, the preferred um, scheduling. And so that really reduces the quality of, and the timeliness of our passenger service. And I don't know how that started. Dave, do you have any knowledge of like politically how Amtrak ended up second place to the freight networks?
0: I feel like I can pull this somewhere from my knowledge. I have not done the the, the deep dive recently to it. I mean, the history of Amtrak is pretty sad, right? I mean, American you know Rail in America was uh, on its complete last legs due to a variety of reasons by the, by the 60s. And that's when they created Amtrak kind of Cause there was no nationalized rail of any kind before then. Um, and rail in the U S can basically, it's, there's really like there's rail in the Northeast and then there's rail everywhere Mm -hmm. else. They are run completely differently. And even rail in the Northeast kind of sucks, but it's, it's at least like, okay, this is not going to be that late most of the time. And I can kind of rely on it, but even then it goes pretty slow. Um, I live in a state that has a ton of, uh, people who take the train, Uh, especially in the Southern part of the state. Uh, they take it to New York to commute. Um, and, uh, that commute uh, has been getting longer by train. Um, because for reasons that I don't understand, uh, we, we don't do, uh, in America, we don't do, um, rail maintenance at night. And so, what we do instead is we pad the schedule during the day, so that way we can do maintenance around trains. Hmm. Every other place in the world that has trains on time, they do they just do maintenance at night. That's just kind of the gig. That's kind of how it works. Otherwise, you end up with our approach, which is, well, we can just slow it down a little bit. That way we can get more maintenance in. And it's like, you
2: know, people it's who kind are of depressing to it's see so how. Depressing how our passenger rail was in the past and what mm-hmm. like before my lifetime sure how much better it was in the past before the rise of the automobile and yeah. interstates and all that when it was more of the prominent or the like the the most common way to travel long distances
0: yeah even even here in the northeast where we have so much rail compared to most of the u.s it's still pretty so pretty bad i was pretty excited because they opened up a new uh commuter rail line a couple of years ago uh, going from new Haven northward through Hartford and into Springfield, uh, mass called the Hartford line. Super excited. Um, and then when they opened it, I saw that even during rush hour, they are running trains like once an hour. Hmm. And I was like, what do you, what's the, no, if That's you, maintenance. <laughs> if you, I don't know, get stuck behind a train, but behind a you know, if you get stuck in traffic five minutes late, you are out of options. And then during the middle of the day, they just don't run any trains at all. And it's like, I think you're misunderstanding how this is supposed to work. Like you should be running trains like every 15 minutes. Like, no, but you know, so, uh, that was pretty sad because at the time I was working in New Haven, uh, Yale university and I was still living up here east of Hartford. So I was like, this is great because right now, you know, cause at the time I was spending a lot of time in traffic and I was like, this is awesome. I'm going to drive to my nearest train station and then I'm Mm going to sit on the train and I'm going to relax. And then I saw the schedule and I was like, well, that's not possible. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i had a pretty decent experience in chicago last year i was uh, pretty good too staying yeah. on, near the outskirts of town in one of the yeah. outer suburbs and then taking the ventra in which yeah. is like the regional commuter line yeah, 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 yeah. it was super nice and then it actually like in contrast to dropping you off in uh union station st paul yeah it drops you off at union station chicago which is pretty centrally located to where yeah. you need to get and has a ton of transit connections from there yeah, so that was one of the most positive transit experiences I've had in the U.S.
0: Chicago's pretty good. We'll be, uh, my wife and I will be in Chicago uh, this summer for a bit for the annual uh, for the American Library Association's annual big conference, and uh, we're staying at a hotel that uh, there's a metro station basically like across the street. So pretty right. sure she'll be taking the train to and from the convention, and that's been train talk with uh, with Ben and Dave.
2: Did we lucky. talk about cheese yet?
0: I, I, I use cheese as an example to, to peddle my my pizza uh, propaganda. Um, by the way, I sent you to an illuminating article about the pizza belt that hopefully mm. gives you a nice, and telegram, a nice graphical display of where the pizza I, I belt c- is. Can't um, wait to read it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the graphic really just tells it all. <laughs> it's like, you want pizza from this part of the country. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, does anybody have any interesting, exciting cheese-related topics in our lives aside from National Pizza Day?
2: Dave, I was curious what, uh, since you like to cook, yeah, what your favorite cheesy dish is.
0: What's oh, so sad? Um, Pizza. No, I mean in- because I'm in- because I'm increasingly uh, lactose intolerant. I have. Oh no! Basic- I know.
1: What this are you is- doing on this podcast? this podcast? Just got started. <laughs> are you allergic listen. to
2: the weather as well? Uh, yes, I uh- am. <laughs>
0: No, you know, um, it, it means I, you know, I struggle with my my love for cheese because, you know, there just because I'm increasingly lactose intolerant, you know, I'm only I'm only a man, you know, I can only the do downside, so much. Huh? I can only do so much, you know, uh, because I have a weakness, and it's called macaroni and cheese, like baked <laughs> homemade macaroni and cheese. It's a weakness, and we have a fantastic local barbecue place that just serves it up with barbecue right on top of it with then barbecue sauce all over it. And how am I as a person
2: supposed to resist that? Huh. That actually sounds like heart attack. And it, it sounds delicious. It's funny you
0: <laughs> use those words. <laughs> delicious heart so attack. <laughs> the place is called uh, Bear's Barbecue and they have two iterations. One is called the Mac attack. So the heart attack, you were uh-huh. right on the money. And the, other, the <laughs> other iteration has cornbread at the bottom as well. So that's called the bear Ooh. attack.
2: So oh, I would the, eat that one You get the, sure.
0: You get the cornbread, you get the mac and cheese, you get your meat of choice,
1: and then barbecue sauce on top.
2: Zuzana, what like... is your uh, <laughs> your experience with mac and cheese? What What comes oh, to mind when you hear that?
1: Oh, I make it at home. I never had the original one, so I actually never had the American one. So I don't know what it's supposed to taste. So maybe the way I do it, it's not the right way, but I just make it at home. I just make this, you know, butter sauce, butter with flour, and add milk, and then cheese, melt it all up, and then pour it over pasta, put it in the oven... Oh, and cheese on top, oven, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Very simple. What kind of cheese do you
2: use?
1: Whatever's on sale, to be fair. I'm not not (laughs) picky. I don't know. (laughs) Is there a specific cheese you should use? I don't know.
0: Oh, Ben's going to have some opinions about Sorry, the the cheesemonger has logged on, everybody.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I got to be honest. I don't have... I'm not a big fan of homemade mac and cheese. Oh. Oh, You haven't tasted mine.
1: Mine, nah, nah. I haven't tasted it. Mine is good, no.
2: Well, it depends on what what cheese is on sale.
1: Whatever's on <Taylor>. sale. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, yeah, uh, don't sorry, not gonna cheese monger this one, guys.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, you know, I feel like you do a mac and cheese like a nice sharp cheddar. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, good. Yeah.
2: Did you have any I'll cheddar guess. when you were in Vermont? They're kind of known for their like aged cheddar, that really nice sharp.
0: Yep, we went to uh, we went to Cabot, uh, which yep. is the big. Uh, big cheese place up oh, up here it's good it's okay. so good and so we went to uh their main like place and so before covid this is actually the place where i discovered i was lactose intolerant because basically you go this in ground zero you go in That's <laughs> true you go in and this is not my first time there but you, they've got like every kind of cheese they make and you can have a little sample and so i was like well this is great because i'm going to eat every single one of these cheeses right mm-hmm. and so no i've done that before it was fine um, this time I did it and then about, you know, an hour later I was like clutching my stomach like Your on the ground, just in strike. a tremendous amount of pain and everyone's like, are you okay? I was like, "Yep, yeah, totally fine. Everything's okay. No problem.
2: And you were with a bunch of people from Wisconsin, correct? Your yep. wife's family's from yep. Wisconsin? Yeah, oh, My from Wisconsin. Yeah. Extra layer of humiliation.
0: That's right. It's <laughs> not, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, you know, lactate, you can take it kind of helps uh still gonna be a little discomfort but um no you know i still there's still like you know i got a big i got a big test coming up on sunday we go to a big super bowl party there's gonna be cheeses you know someone's Mm. someone every time every year somebody makes this pepperoni dip and it's just like what are you supposed to do with that you know it's like cream cheese and pepperoni and you know come on hard to resist
1: you know what i've been watching lately you must i'm sure you heard it on youtube it's called the hot ones Oh uh, yeah, the mm-hmm. guy with the sauces. We need to do something like that. I want to try all these sauces Dave now. Dave
2: eating cheese. Dave <laughs> yeah, struggling his way through a cheese. Doesn't planet. have
1: to be chicken wings or vegan wings. <laughs> oh. We can, but like I want to try the ch- the sauces. But we can like dip cheese in the sauces, right? It's more to of a slow burn brand. with the lactose intolerance. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, it's more of a slow burn. That's right. Uh, thankfully, I'm you know it's not so bad, right? I'm at the place where, if I have like. A slice of cheese on a burger it's fine right one maybe two slices of pizza as long as i've had no other cheese that day i'm okay mm-hmm. mac and cheese i'm done out for the count mm-hmm. just nope i'm gonna be you know i can take lactate, and i'm probably still gonna feel a little uncomfortable if i forget to have lactate on me which is why like now like every time we sit down marissa's like she's got lactate in the purse i got like in my jackets i've got like lactate stuff away i keep a bag of lactate in my backpack like i just want to be prepared <laughs>
2: Do Do you have like an EpiPen EpiPen full of lactose? Yeah, I was
1: just (laughs) just thinking EpiPen for lactose intolerant people. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I mean, I
0: I don't know. I when I when I first discovered that I might be lactose intolerant, I did what I thought was obvious, and I I went to my doctor, where they had some really practical advice for me. Where they said, "Does it does it hurt when you eat cheese?" I said, "Yeah." They said, "Well, don't do it,"
2: Mm -hmm. and I was like, (laughs) "Well, that's super helpful."
0: It's like yeah, this you is know. kind of
2: a theme with your body. Like, you well, it's about p- as much as we can expect. That's from really it. what
0: they're just looking at because you know, you know, they're looking at <laughs> yeah. like you're fine. You know, doctors, I, I get it. Like, they're seeing people that people who have real like problems, and they're just like, here is this white man coming in complaining about too much cheese. The answer is <laughs> stop eating cheese, and you know, <laughs> I I understand where they're coming from. I'm not at the top of their list, right? I get it. <laughs>
1: EpiPen, yeah. I think we shouldn't, that's another good idea, to have EpiPen for mm. lactose intolerant people. I think that would be very useful.
2: I feel like the, the lactaid people would love that idea, because then they could char- charge like $600 <laughs> for the lactaid instead of charging $2.
1: Yeah. Mm. That seems to be a theme mm-hmm. when it comes to medication.
2: Mm-hmm. Again, you don't want to know how people get rich.
1: Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Both of your faces like
2: Nope. 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 No, I was just thinking about when I worked at Yale and there were so
0: many places, like so many like uh, newer buildings that are named by people who've made their money in a variety of ways. And like one thing they have, I think it's called the Sackler prize at Yale and the Sackler family um, made a ton of money off the opioid epidemic. So um, Mm. in a place like Yale, needless to say, they were just like, oh, all right. All right. Like, (laughs) you know, a lot of protests trying to get it off, trying to do this, that and the third, but it's like, yeah, you don't want to ask. You don't want to know. It's like, how did Yale get all that money? I don't know. Do you really want to find out? No, we've
1: been talking for yeah, like a long. How time? long?
0: Like, almost two hours. Almost right? two hours. This might be this might be two episodes. I don't know. We're gonna figure this yes. out in post. Uh,
2: <laughs> I was actually wondering what's our target gonna be because I've was, got I, more topics. I,
0: well, the thing <laughs> is, we've got more episodes to do in the future, right? We can't Fair enough. I know Ben, you've got yeah, a you've got a long list of cheese related topics you want to dive into, but you know we're going to need regular updates on your bath Um mm-hmm. See if our if our efforts to reach out to the fine folks at Kohler have made any uh, uh, if anything's happening there. You know we're going to need Susanna once again wondering what the hell we're doing in America and what what is wrong <laughs> with us.
1: There's a lot. I that would we've never got. say it. Like, I that would feels never like a say that. It good running
2: theme. I think so. <laughs> What What is wrong with the Americans?
1: (laughs) (laughs) People are not going to like me. Like, I will say things about the UK that people are not going to appreciate. And I'll say things about the US and Czech. Like, I'm going to be so unpopular because I'm just in the middle. I don't belong anywhere. You belong here.
2: The Canadians are going to love it, though.
0: The (laughs) the Canadians do love it when America gets taken down a peg.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but then like next time I apply for visa, they'll be, you know when they ask you any online presence, I can't say anything about this podcast because if they listen to right. it. They'll be like, "She's not coming in. She's not coming in." That's
0: exactly Get the kind own. of podcast I'm aiming for. The kind of podcast where Susana's worried: Will the immigration authorities at some country be concerned about what I've said on this podcast?
1: Yeah, I would be. <laughs> Don't ask me too many questions. You know, I I, I forget to be recording and then I say things and then I'll spend the rest of the evening thinking, oh no, what have I just said? I shouldn't have said that. Oh no. Mm. Dave, can you please edit it out? <laughs> That's me.
2: I feel that way when I'm around people in general. Like at oh, least, yeah. at least you can ask Dave to remove something if you think right. about it.
0: That
1: is true. You want like, you, an, you want that it.
0: editing
2: function for real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe that was a little too much. <laughs> Did they think I was weird? I think I was weird.
1: I think once you accept and embrace that you are weird, it won't be as surprising if you say something weird. Like I now, I tend to just when I meet somebody, I'll tell them. Like I say weird things from time to time because honestly, being like living in a different place. So I come from Czech. Now I've been living here, and all these different cultures, and then I work with Americans, and I. There's so many nuances you should kind of navigate and mm-hmm. things you should and shouldn't say. And in some, some culture or some, you know, somebody will think of that as being rude. Other person finds it fine. And I'm just so confused now. I don't, I don't know what's right and wrong anymore. Like if I say things, are they like, especially like my friends over here, they know me by now. So they know if I say things that might be like, huh, they know I don't mean bad. I just right. like, I've lost any sense of what's right and what's wrong in terms of speaking to people so sometimes i say inappropriate things and i'm like oh was it too much i don't know so i spend most of Laracon thinking oh no what have i said and then apologizing to people for being weird but i think once you accept that you are well not you but i am weird and then people know that about you then at least you are like well i warned you you know
2: (laughs) you knew (laughs) what you were getting
1: yeah
2: we good to end yeah do we need to wrap it up somehow
0: yeah well let me try and think how to do that um Everything just went blank on my mind. I hate when that happens. I was like, yeah, I'm going to riff. And then I was like,
2: uh... I'm
0: going to riff. It also hurts that I was sitting there. I, I Googled. I was wondering, you know, I was thinking if, you know, I talked about pizza day. I was like, great. Are there enough of these, like, weird, like, national holidays where... Because I was, like, looking up, like, national grilled cheese day, because that seems like right oh, up our alley. Mm-hmm. It's not until April, but unfortunately, I've just been, like, staring. That's in our lane. I've just been staring at a photo of grilled cheese for the past five minutes, so I was a Are little you hungry. I'm <laughs> always hungry. That is just always... Always hungry. Yeah. I've been was, I was thinking about dinner too. I'm like, what am I eating for dinner? Mm-hmm. I'm very meal focused. Basically, I do all, I plan everything around when am I eating?
2: Yeah. That's yeah. how you set up your whole life. A hundred percent. Sometimes it's almost depressing. Like, how it, you really notice it when you're traveling. Like, all right, where are we going to have lunch? Where are we going to have dinner? And then we have four hours in between those two things. Yeah. And you're it, like, like, the whole day turns on eating. I, think I get so sick of it.
0: That's so great. I love every bit of that. And I'm like, you got to work in snacks. Do we need to rest? What's going-
1: <laughs> I, you know, every time we travel as a family, we always eat really badly because we just don't plan well enough. And mm-hmm. then when you go travel to some remote location, there are no restaurants. Oh, if there are, you have to book beforehand, but you don't know because you don't know this place. So every time we go as a family, usually within the UK. We just struggle and then we end up going to a supermarket and just buying stump food there. Once we went to Wales, we just couldn't find any restaurant. So we bought chicken in a supermarket and sat on the beach and we ate chicken on the beach. That sounds we good. just couldn't yeah. find a place to sit. Well, it's not what you would like. We wanted to sit at a table, you know, oh, sure. with a drink and stuff. <laughs> you like a table? <laughs> yeah, it would be nice. And now, and I thought it's it's a family thing. But then when I went to Lisbon, I, I did the same thing. Like, I don't know where to go and eat. So I just keep seeing these restaurants and say, oh maybe the next one will be better. I don't know what I'm looking for, mm. but I keep looking for something better. And then I end up not eating because I couldn't find anything. and Which is why in Lisbon, I ate grilled octopus three times because at least I knew I like it. Like I'd like to think of myself as adventurous and try, willing to try different things, but maybe I'm not because unless people tell me, try this, it's nice. I find it hard to just pick something off a menu and try it. Mm-hmm. So to take a I chance was on eating it, basically. a lot of... Oct- octopi is that how you say plural of octopus i don't know i'm asking you too you're so. you're supposed to be native speakers so how do you say the well, plural of octopus?
0: english has, we there, we just make up rules nobody knows how to speak yep. english really it's, <laughs> it's octopi, octopuses I think. or octopi. I, think it's it's octopuses, octopi I think it's octopuses i think is it according Everyone's to ocean Oceanconser- <laughs> conservancy.org which you know has to be right
2: octopuses yeah
1: octopuses wow okay so okay, i had three octopuses which just sounds weird can i just keep saying octopi i don't know sounds yeah.
0: better now imagine so, yeah. the octopuses in a pie the and that's plural just form
2: weird. octopi <laughs> is mistakenly formed according to rules for latin plurals and is therefore incorrect thanks a lot dictionary
0: i love how like english rules are determined by how latin once worked
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because like cactus and cacti, it's correct. But cacti is Latin, but octopus is Greek. Therefore, octopus doesn't follow the same rules as cactus. And you've got octopuses, not cactuses. So problem
2: is English is like six languages in a trench coat. That's why it's hard.
1: Yeah, it's so hard to learn it. Honestly, like people, why would you make a language that's so hard to learn? Like I'm, I've been speaking English for about 20 years and I can like by now I don't speak Czech very well anymore. I still don't, still don't speak English properly. So I'm like in this <laughs> land of no language. You know, there's this meme I saw when bilingual people... You know, when you say "bi," it's bi-lingual, but you should say bilingual. It's like bi-two languages. B-e-b-y-e-lingual <laughs> instead because it's 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 to you speak both more than one more than one language, but neither of them properly. So that's where I am right now. But you know,
2: Dave, I think you should sign off with a cheese pun, like yeah. sh- be good to each other. Oh
0: yeah! If we want puns, I gotta. I'm gonna call in my to google a leaf. No, she's the. <laughs> She's the resident pun queen. Um, sign off with a cheese pun. Not weather. Wait, I getting... You're leaning harder on the cheese than the weather.
2: Oh yeah. What? What could you do for weather? I mean, it could be either. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of a lot of pressure on podcasts to have like a theme song or like a a specific bit and a specific sign off. Like, do you really need to have all these things? Can you just slap an MP3 on the internet and just be good.
0: I've been thinking. Yeah. Don't worry. I may. I may. Find a theme song to put over the intro to this in some way.
2: Okay, can't wait to find out. Yeah,
0: it's going to be exciting for all of us. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> can't
2: wait to see what uh, music Dave gives
1: thinking, us. Thinking, thinking about Dave. Dave. his struggle with relaxing, and you know, there's relax. Just take it cheesy. <laughs> 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 that will work with your hips and hamstrings. Just take it cheesy.